Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kickback Presents the All Memphis Post Game Show, where me uh, and the homie Mace break down every uh, Memphis basketball game right after it happens, every Memphis Grizzlies game or every Memphis Tigers game. You don't have to wait for our take because we hitting you right after the game is over. It's 1140 here in Memphis. It's three o'clock wherever Mace is because that's how time works. So, Mace, what's going on, brother? Hey, not a bad night in the 901. Uh, you know, the, the the team that you you needed to win won. The team that you would like to win uh, had a va- valiant effort and came up just short. Um, so shout out to the Tigers. Survive in advance. It's March. Uh, one by eight. I think the line closed at seven on that game, somewhere around there. So uh, did exactly what Vegas expected them to do. Uh, Cover the spread, and now they get another shot at Houston tomorrow. Um, and then the Grizzlies just fell to the the Joker. Um, but <laughs> all in all, I am good. I you know much would rather have a Tigers win and Grizzlies loss than vice versa in this scenario. So I will take it, and we'll live to fight another day. Uh, but I'm good, man. How are you? Can't complain. Can't complain. I'm with you the same way. Uh, and you're right. Vegas had this as a seven point game. And uh, thankfully, they did. <laughs> and we will get into that a little bit later, as we always do. But um, but what a day of college basketball and just basketball in general. This is kind of the week where you don't watch as much NBA and you're just flipping around from conference tournament because it seems like there's always a game coming down the stretch. And then today you had Jawan Howard and the Maryland coach almost getting into a fight. Like tempers are flaring. It's March, baby. Let's go. At noon. It was like a, it was like a <laughs> noon. Yeah, dude, you're trying to fight it at lunchtime. Dog. It's lunchtime. You're you trying banging to banging at breakfast? <laughs> banging on bacon, my dude? <laughs> like, what's going on, Jawan? Uh yeah, man. It's it, like I went. This is one of the times I was in the office today. And uh, I exclaimed out loudly, like, yeah, this is one of the times where I miss working with the Grizzlies. Because at this time of year, we would have TVs on. There would be yeah. a TV on with every game or whatever. We could change the channel and watch whatever. And no work would be getting done um, during the games. So, like, I, I even for next week, for the first, um, the first Friday of the NCAA tournament, I, I've been scouting the sports books around here in Tunica and in uh, Arkansas and trying to figure out which one I want to go to because I'm spending all day. I, I already took off. I already got my time off. I'm, took, I'm spending all day in a sports book uh, on Friday. Maybe not all day, but a little bit, <laughs> the majority of the day. Um, so let's just jump right into we're talking about college. So let's jump into college uh, in the quarterfinals of the American Athletic Conference. The Tigers uh, just beat. UCF, the University of Central Florida Knight, Golden Knights, by a score of 70 to 62. Um, the game ended up being close, and I didn't think it was going to be that close. Uh, the, the Tigers started out the game very fast. Uh, in the first 13 minutes, UCF had 11 turnovers, and the Tigers capitalized off those turnovers. And um, and they let they got they got up a big lead. At one point, they were up by like 16 or 18 points, but UCF started chipping back and chipping away, and it, to me, it exposed the um, – not even exposed it because if you watch enough games, you know this is how the Tigers are. The flaw, like the style of play that the Tigers play, you're never out of a game. 
the opponent is never really out of the game. And UCF, um, UCF proved that tonight. Yeah, and I mean, you, we came out suffocating on def- defense, so we were able to get out and run, get some easy looks in transition, get some open threes. Uh, I think we had four four threes in like the first six minutes or so, mm-hmm. and then we we finished the game with six. So that lets you know how much of an offensive struggle it was overall. And I thought this was a game where, and I know talk radio have been saying, oh, maybe they don't miss Alex Lomax that much. Um, if you look at how they played, they fared better without him because Boogie's getting more minutes and Ball's getting more minutes and the rotation in general is cut down. But we can't break a press. We can barely break a one-on-one man-to-man defense up the court uh, without Alex Lomax. So I, I think this is a game and tournament time in general when the pressure ticks up, defense is ramped up a notch, and everybody's throwing the kitchen sink at you when we need that floor general. Um, you know, I'm not saying we would have won this game by 20 points, but maybe we win by 12 instead of eight because we don't have two turnovers. Um, right. So I just I, I think it showed that as good as we've been playing, the flaws are still there. And if we're not executing um, at the highest level that we can offensively, then, like you said, it, teams are going to have a chance to get back in the game because we're going to turn the ball over. Well, I mean, that's and that's the uh, that's the that's the flaw with it, right? And that's what I was. Uh, it was so funny because at at the halftime, they they, they interviewed Penny, and the lady asked the uh, the reporter asked like, you know, started out so strong, you know, what happened. And Penny said, I think it was fatigue. You know, I, we were we we played really hard and we got tired and we couldn't get to close out. So I think it was fatigue. And so she asked him, like, how do you battle that for the second half? And he said, or she said, Are you worried about that for a second? He's like, No, emphatically, no. We're not worried about it. Like, we'll we adjust. That's what we do. And then they come out in the second half and they just do the same thing. Like <laughs> they didn't make any adjustments <laughs> at all. And I'm like, bro, like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I, that was I. I laughed when you said that. Like I audibly laughed because I was like, "All right, we'll see what this is about." Like, but the the we adjust like didn't really, it didn't really even answer the question. Like, so I, right. just, I it was a funny. He was just ready to get into a locker room. He was done with that that interview. Um, but going as as you mentioned, they closed the half. We were only up four at halftime, thirty two twenty eight after leading by as much as fifteen. But I I thought. The, we weren't getting a lot of whistles. Boogie had a dunk that definitely should have been an and one. He got tackled while he's hanging on the rim. Uh, there's a weak call on Lester, and that's when they kind of went on a 9-0 nine, run. And our offense, to, to be fair, got extremely stagnant because they stopped turning the ball over. We weren't getting easy looks. And to, to their credit, this is a UCF team that's won five straight games, um, definitely not world beaters and haven't beaten really any good teams. But still, one of the better team teams playing uh, pretty well in the American Conference coming into the tournament. So, uh, and their season's on the line. Backs against the wall. It's tough to beat a team like that by twenty points. Like, especially when you get out to that lead and they have the rest of the game to come back. So, uh, close the half, and you kind of knew we were going to be in a dogfight the, the rest of the way. I didn't expect them to pull away there, but. Defense in the first half held them to 27% shooting. They were only three of 11 from downtown and they had 12 turnovers. So uh, the defense as keeps us in games, you know, it's the story of the season and it's, it's going to make us or break us. Like you think about this game and you really, the only analysis from this game is that you got to think about it in like 
broad strokes because like it's only so many games left. Like if this was a, if this game was in January, you would think you would sit and you would try to extrapolate like what does this mean for the rest of the season? It's like no, the rest of their season is tomorrow, uh, and they play in a different team which they have a different type of respect for. So I don't expect to see the same type of obviously you're going to see the same type of defense and the same type of effort as they do because that's what they that's what they do. Like the defense travels, like you said, like Penny said before. Um, but there's not there's not like a big overarching theme that you get from this game. It's funny to me. I was just like scrolling back through the Twitter timeline in my head. And early on in this game, someone said, uh, like, save some threes for tomorrow, Tigers. And we end up making going six of 20, 30 percent from downtown. Right. That's like that's that's what it is. I was about to say, like, you 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 expect them to shoot better tomorrow. I expect them to take tomorrow uh, more serious. Take them make take tomorrow more serious. Um, that's of that is a calling card of this team is playing to the level of the competition. They got up big and relaxed because they knew they could beat this team and they just played with their food and then they just played, kept playing with it, kept playing with it until they came back and then they had to then they had to get right again. And obviously, you can't. I don't expect to see that from them tomorrow. I I. I believe that they look at tomorrow as their conference, the conference championship, because um, I believe that they believe they can beat Wichita State or Cincinnati, even though Cincinnati got their due back, got like one of their starters back. Um, I believe that they have enough confidence they can do that. So you beat Houston tomorrow, they like that's it. And coming off the loss to Houston on Sunday and understanding what that was and how it happened. Uh, I think that they – I don't want to say they were overlooking UCF, but I, they just didn't give UCF the type of respect that they usually give somebody. And you could tell because when they got up big, they just let the, they let go of the rope. And thankfully they were talented enough to um, to keep to, – to, to, to win the game. Yeah, and to their credit, in the last, you know, four minutes, they turned it on. The score was 54-54, to and then Memphis wins 70-62. Mm-hmm. to So they did what they had to do to win. They made a play after play down the stretch – uh, you know, they came up and made the plays that they weren't making in January. They made the winning plays in this one. So even though it was closer than you like, you'll take it. Um, before we hit on the good games, I thought it was overall from the starting unit. I mean, Lester was two of 10, seven points. You got to think that's going to be better. Landers was three of 11, nine points. But those two gave you, Lester gave you 15 rebounds tonight. And Landers and Ollie gave you 12. So, you know, they're not impacting on scoring, like especially like Landers normally does. But Musa and um, Malco, they only combined for 20 minutes. So these guys really had to pick it up on the boards, and that's what they did. And it's, I think, you know, Musa and Dandridge, they're, they're iffy. They might be there and they might not. Um, but these guys doing what it takes, that's what it's about in conference tournament time. And then DJ had a great game. Um, 17 points, seven of 11 from the field. He had eight in the first half in that, that initial run and then had some in, in, in the rest in the second half, obviously. But I thought he was the one who got us buckets when we needed it, hit the big threes from the corner. Um, and then Williams, like I said, gave you a solid game, but you didn't get much from Boogie. So, you know, you, you all in all, you take it. You take the win, obviously. But then you look at it, it's like, hey, we didn't play that great. Um, so there's a lot of room to grow for a Houston team 
who blew out Tulane. They let them hang around for the first half, but then they turned it on and, you know, they got their cojones back about them. Uh, they just beat us. So, you know, they're feeling confident as well. Um, but you got to hope our guys save some of their shots for tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, this, this performance from DJ is the type of performance that you wish you could get from him every game. He looks uh, faster tonight. Like right. he's getting steals on the break, <laughs> dribbling, like making quick decisions. Right. It's like this is this is the DJ Jeffries that you saw when you signed him, that you saw that you envisioned when you signed him. Uh, I don't know exactly what it was. If it's just because they were up by so much and he was freer and they, there wasn't a lot of thinking in the game plan. I don't know what it was, but he's just like a different player tonight. Um, you see, like you said, Lester with 15 rebounds, Landers with 12 rebounds. That tells me it was a whole bunch of missed shots. You know, whole bunch <laughs> of missed shots. And they, and, they were, and they were rebounding them. Giving a shout-out to the Tigers, man. Um, 16 to 21 from the free throw line, shooting 76%. That's good. That's good. They're not a really good shoot. They're not a good free throw shooting team. And DeAndre Williams made two very clutch free throws with under five seconds left in the game that a lot of people needed him to make. So that that is that is uh good for him. Uh, what are we looking at? Sixteen turnovers. That's right about like this. What this what you get with them? You understand that? Um, what it shows me, man, is that I. I hope the Americans better next year. And I don't I don't even know what I don't know what's going to happen with the Tigers. I don't know if they beat if they beat Houston or they lose to Houston, if they make the tournament or not. But if this cast of characters come back next season, there's this is still should be a sweet 16 team next season. I, I mean, I agree with that. And it's not, you know, there's a lot, lot left to be written on this season. Right. So. They, they might be a sweet 16 team this season. You never know. They'll get the right matchup if they are. If they're a 12 seed and they play a right five seed, like it's all about matchups. And you know, there's always a 12 5 upset in the big turn in the tournament. So, yeah, um, at this point, it's not a question of if this team's good enough to be in the tournament. It's just they they don't have the resume. Um, and unfortunately, that's what it comes down to in college basketball. And, and like if SMU had played more games this year, maybe the American is viewed a little more respectable, or if Wichita State had played more, or hey, if the conference had made all those top teams play in the last two weeks to make it look a little stronger, you know, not a bad idea, um, but they didn't. And it is what it is. So the conference, it could end up being a one bid, bid league if Houston wins the, the conference tournament, you know, and we'll see what happens. Hopefully there's no COVID outbreaks. We've seen it all around the country um, in, in various games. So getting canceled and team season ending abruptly. Um, so hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, yeah. But all in all, I mean, the game, the defense is what it is. They're back to number one in Ken Palm uh, defensively held this team to 36 percent shooting on the game, 28 percent from three. Um, the, the fouls were even. I thought, obviously, I always think Memphis got a tough whistle. I thought they were just the more aggressive team. And I thought the refs in the first half just didn't know how they wanted to officiate the game at all. And uh, like I said, that goes. I said it last Sunday. He's every game. They're at the mercy of the refs. If the refs, if the refs came into this game wanting it to be a tight, you know, whatever, they would have called what they wanted to call. And like the refs let them set the tone early by their their very um physical defense and they let it happen. And they um one bad thing, I don't I don't want to say bad thing. I don't I wasn't paying attention. I had the TV on mute. I was listening to some music while I watched the game, so I didn't hear the diagnosis. Did they? What happened with Damien? 
Oh, he looked like he was back on the bench. So right. yeah, he he uh the guy dove into his head. It looked like a concussion or something like that. But it looked like he was back on the bench. They, they didn't really mention anything on the broadcast. And do and just like, do you think Alo plays tomorrow? I mean, I'm not hopeful. No, I, I mean, I, I think if he, it seems like it's literally day to day. But no, I'm not hopeful. It doesn't seem like he's anywhere close to it. So, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> I mean, look, man, it's, it's March, dog. March 12th, big OG's birthday. So it's surviving advance, dog. That's, that's what it was. It's surviving advance. You do what you got to do to win the game, and they did it. They didn't make – they out-talented and out-athletic out uh, UCF tonight to win the game, and we'll see. They won't be able to do that tomorrow. Uh, but they can beat Houston tomorrow. Um, there's a path for them to do it, and we'll see if maybe Houston, maybe something clicks in Houston where they who knows. Tomorrow's gonna be tomorrow might be one of the best games. Tomorrow's Memphis versus Houston game might be one of the best games on the slate tomorrow through the whole through the whole thing. And it's um I'm excited to watch. I don't know if they put a line out for it yet, but I'm probably gonna put my money on the Tigers because they're gonna be underdogs. And if it's like a, they probably like a six point four to six point underdog, I take that. Yeah. Me too. So uh, who you got for your player of the game tonight? My player of the game. Got to go with him, man. Got to go with DJ Jeffries. Got to go with this, this is the This is the DJ that we've wanted to see for a long time. Um, this is the DJ that you – this is the DJ that pushes this team to the next level. And that's what you need to see. Yeah, what about, I, what about you? I, I got to go DJ too. I mean, 28 huge minutes off the bench – Team only scored 20 bench points, and 17 of those were DJs. So I just thought he was huge, and especially when basically no one else besides Williams had anything for you offensively. Uh, without DJ, we sitting at home, <laughs> and this is a whole different show. So right. shout, shout out to DJ. What about a uh, play of the game? A play of the game is actually uh, it's a DJ. It's, it's, I got two. I got two. Um, one is in the first half, DJ Steele. And goes like a fast break. He does like a, a, a like he wanted to dunk it, but he ends up like a reverse layup on a fast break. Um, I like that play. And then I don't know if it, it like it's not a flashy play of the game, but it meant a lot at the time it happened. Lester just ripped this dude at half court, and, yeah. took, and, and like he just took the, he ripped the dude at half court, took it in for a layup, and it, they might have either. Put them like extended the lead a little bit when you when UCF was coming in closer or UCF had, had the lead and it, it was something alone. That's where the, the game was. But um, yeah, yeah, so that that's actually my play of the game when he ripped Mahan, who had hit a three, hit a couple mm-hmm. buckets, came in and was scoring points for them, and the score was fifty four fifty four. And Les ripped him and uh, got fouled, got and made two free throws, put us up by two, and that's basically you know when we started to to break away a little bit. Yep, that's what uh, that's what they hit my play of the game. So, uh, who you got for bum of the game? Oh, bum of the game. I, I don't want to give it to a tiger man. I really don't. But uh, I'm gonna go with Musa, man. He, he just can't <laughs> make a layup, dude. He can't, it's like he's it's 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 not getting much better. Uh, not a good night for Musa. But hey, you know it is what it is. Only fourteen minutes. Hopefully tomorrow he he washes this game away and comes back tomorrow and gives you a better performance because you're gonna need it. 
So I got uh, uh, two people that will make one whole bum because the first half of this bum really wasn't a bum for the whole game, but he had a bummy play. And it's uh, DeAndre Williams. He missed another dunk. Stop <laughs> missing dunks. Stop missing dunks, dog. Like, this is you can't be doing it. So you're a bum for that. And then CJ Walker for the Knights. Uh, could have been a tiger. Could have been a tiger, bro. Like you, you could have been a tiger, dog. Like, look at look at what you're missing out on, right? Look at how they could have used you. <laughs> well, and if he could have made a free throw, it could have been a different game. He was three of eight from the line. And if he could have made a free throw, you would have had your team in a lot better position. So CJ Walker, uh, you went to Oregon to you couldn't handle the Pac-12 because everybody can't handle the Pac-12, and then you had to come back to Florida. Uh, but nah, nah, so that's those are my bum of the game. All right, so I know you just gave him your bum of the game, DeAndre Williams, but I feel like he might have had some redemption oh, in he this did. next segment. Did Jamal win some money? <laughs> oh, Jamal won some money tonight. <laughs> Jamal won some money tonight uh, off the off the Tigers. So uh, my my sports book of choice is FanDuel, and they had a they sent me an offer, you know, a twenty five dollar risk free bet. You know, bet your twenty. Bet here's twenty five dollars. Bet it. If it hits, you get the money. If it doesn't hit, we give you your money back in site credit. So I'm like, you know what? I'm putting twenty five on the Tigers to cover because I felt like the Tigers could cover anyway. I I've, I told you like they gonna win this game by ten to fifteen points. Like this game shouldn't even be close. Um, yeah, the typical reverse jinx from a tiger hater, uh, and, but whatever. And so, and so, I'm like, you know what? We beat it. We powered through. It's I'm March. Gonna, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put 25 on the tiger. Now, granted, for those who listen, y'all know 25 dollars for me is a for me to bet is a lot of money. The the most I've ever bet since I've been doing this is 50 dollars. And the reason why I bet 50 dollars it was another one of these promotions where it was like. It was a special promotion during football season where every time a hundred people bet on this outcome, the outcome changed. So it was like the Tennessee Titans versus Oakland Raiders, Tennessee plus 305. Okay, well, I'm gonna put 50 on there because they're never they're not gonna lose a game by 305 points. You know what I'm saying? So right, right. That's a that's easy $45. Bet 50 win 45. So that was like that's the most I've ever bet. Uh, cause it was easy money coming back. So tonight I did this, I did the risk free jump with the 25 and it hit in the, in the last seconds, in the last seconds, Deandre Williams, you know, he redeemed himself, hit those two free throws, made it up by eight. And thankfully UCF just didn't care about anything else. Cause it was like four seconds left. They do just do got the ball to <laughs> just shot it. It shot it from half court. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was like, I was like, yes, because he could have, he could have ran down and got a layup. You know what I'm saying? He could have ran down and got a, just laid it up, make it six. But like, nah, he did that. Good job, my boy. Good job. Uh, yeah. I was nervous for you. Now I think the real question lies within. So now that you have this basically free twenty five dollars to play with, are mm-hmm. you gonna put it on the Tigers again? Since you did tonight and it worked and they won. I might. I'm. I don't know if I'm gonna put 25 on them again tomorrow, but I'm gonna bet. I'm gonna bet on the Tigers tomorrow. I tried to look. They didn't. They haven't released a line yet. But, but you just uh, got a free 25, and when you bet 25, we won. True. You know, hey, <laughs> I've I've already put 
five on them to win the tournament. I already put five on them okay. to win the tournament. Okay. So okay. I did that, uh, and so we'll see. But I am my money. My money will be on the Tigers tomorrow. I'm I'm, a, I'm assuming it's gonna be plus six, plus four, something around something around those lines. Um, but yeah, it, but out, man, you know what? Other than that, and other than the Grizzlies, obviously, um, today was a good day for me. It was, today was a really good day for me on the on the bet. Alabama did what they were supposed to do. Tennessee, <laughs> yeah. did, Tennessee did what they were supposed to do. Michigan did what they were supposed to do. Ohio State did what they were supposed to do. Uh, yeah, so it was, it was a pretty good day for me on on the, on the FanDuel app. Nice, nice. Good to hear. Good to hear. Well, uh, not a great day for the Grizzlies, but a pretty yeah. good one. Um, oh, yeah, and it's Tigers take on Houston at 430 tomorrow, uh, 430 local time. But, yeah, now to the Grizzlies. Lost 103-102. Uh, John Morant drives to the rim for a chance to win the game. Go make some contact with Nikola Jokic. Ball doesn't go in. No call. Then uh, that's the game. So it is what it is. Grizzlies lose. But all in all, I thought it was a really good performance. This was not a really good performance, but a solid performance against a veteran playoff team that had the best player on the floor who controlled the game most of the night. And you didn't get a great John Morant performance. So to to be in this game at the very end, you know, you'll take it. You'll take it. Man, you know what? I was watching this game and – even taking everything into account with how the game played out. Um, they seems to very equal to me. They, they were, they were like very close. They're very similar and they looked equal enough. I mean, the records are what the records are not too far away. We're seven, we're 17 and 17. They're 22 and 15. Okay. Whatever. They play more games. Uh, but I was looking, I was like, man, they these teams are very comparable. I think not surprised by the outcome. Um, what I am surprised about was all the Canada on Canada crime was going on, you know, <laughs> Dylan and Dylan and uh Jamal Murray. And it was a I mean, I liked watching the game. The game was was good, it was sloppy at times, but it, it felt like an old Grizzlies game. Like the score was a like for the longest, you didn't think they were going to crack a hundred. It was looking like ninety eight, and like you know, what I'm saying that was a score. So, um, well, and let's yeah. just go ahead and get this out of the way. Jamal Murray, who had been averaging twenty nine points per game in the last eleven games, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he was held to three points on one of fourteen shooting by the Grizzlies. You know, just. Thoroughbred stable of wing defenders that triumvirate of wing defenders, and that's what I, you know, what I mean. This isn't a betting podcast, but that's what I have to start taking into account now with with uh, with my stuff because we lock people up. Like the dude was averaging thirty in his last eleven games before the break. (laughs) Yeah, but it shows like Brad. Did the same thing to Bradley Beal, held him what 10 points below his average. Same thing with this. Like, um, some guys you can't hold. Like the last time it was it was Giannis. We didn't have anybody to hold Giannis, or you know, Chris Middleton didn't get what he usually gets. But uh, it was a good defensive performance. Like we couldn't score, but we didn't let them score a lot. And uh, it was nice to see the confidence of DeAnthony Melton. It was it was interesting to see that Grayson was available and that. Taylor Jenkins did not play him. 
Uh, we talked about it last game that Grayson might be on the outside looking in at least for the next week or two because the team is just playing so well. This iteration of the team is just playing so well. There's no reason to bring him in and mess it up. Um, Man, I can't lie. Midway through the game, probably – I think it was early in the fourth quarter when Tyus was in, but Justice was doing most of the ball handling. I was like, maybe we should bump Tyus out of the rotation for Grayson for for a little bit and see how this works. Just to, you know, last last show I was all like, nah, we can't do it. We saw it in the bubble with this team without Tyus. It was awful. But, uh, you know, Justice, the more he gets comfortable handling the ball and the more he gets used to these teammates, it seems like that's going to be his role on this team is handling the ball quite often. Like we, I mean, I think one of us said to the, if it wasn't last game or three games, so like when he first came in, like that second unit has four different ball handlers on it, and if Justice is going to be your primary for that second unit, that's great. You know, I mean, there's a, there's a bigger, bigger body who can do things and all that. He looked, he looked okay. What did he end up shooting? Three for six. Didn't, didn't, uh, didn't shoot that much tonight. But it was, it was good to see him out there. Uh, Brandon Clark. Amazing, off amazing off the bench, you know, um, 20 points, four rebounds. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. I was trying to trying to pay attention to the substitution patterns to see how Taylor would uh, how Taylor uses the people. Um, nothing too like he took justice out early in the fourth quarter because I think he wa- he wanted to end with justice in the fourth quarter. So you saw that uh, Jonas and. Jonas and Jokic's minutes kind of mirrored each other. They both played the almost the entire first quarter. I don't think Jonas has ever played the entire first quarter, but for this game, he came out of the game for the first time with what I wrote it down with 55 seconds left. No, I, I did. They come out okay. So here's what happened because they were lumbering up and down the court at the end of the first quarter, and like I had just written in my notes that they are playing the entire first quarter. But I think it was like 25 seconds left, and uh, Brandon Clark had just got an and one, and then Jokic missed – no, Jokic missed the dunk, remember? And I think that's when he got subbed out. He went for a dunk. It was wide open, and he missed it. And I don't know why they play him the entire first quarter and the entire third quarter, but I do think our rotations were thrown off because we wanted to have Valanciunas on him the entire game. And – Valanciunas did a you know solid job, but Jokic just makes the game look so easy. Like when he wants to shoot, he's gonna shoot. Yeah. Like when he wants to facilitate, like that, which is what he's doing. Like he's facilitating, and then it's kind of like Mark Gasol, except Jokic would just be like, "Ah, I'm gonna shoot it," and like make it most of the time. He he makes the game look annoyingly easy. Annoyingly easy. Did he finish? With, he didn't finish with a triple double tonight, but he was close, right? I don't. He didn't have the assist. Uh, yeah. we, we we were locking them down defensively. They did have twenty seven assists overall, but so did we. Um, but I mean, he Valanciunas was in his face, and like it didn't matter because Jokic is a little bit bigger and able to shoot over him. Um, but it was it's fun to watch him in person. Uh, and Valanciunas, I thought, gave us a, a pretty solid effort against him. Valanciunas had fourteen points and eleven boards of his own. Uh, not the dominant night we saw the other night, but. He, he was our best bet against against the big fellow. Well, I mean, when I talk about how these teams are so even, like what I, what I saw, it was like an even team. They uh, they had 27 assists. We had 27 assists. They had 45 rebounds. We had 45 rebounds. They had five blocks. We had five blocks. 
Um, they shot 45%. We shot 46%. They shot 92 shots. We only shot 87, but we had five more turnovers. Mm. Uh, no, we actually had, was it 16 and nine? That's uh, seven. Seven. Seven, seven. More so seven more turnovers and got them five more shots than us. And we lost by one point. Um, the one thing that you also see with this team, we're, we're a complete team. Josh struggled this entire game. And, you know, Dylan struggled a lot, but picked it up. Um, Brandon Clark, I said Brandon Clark came off the bench, had 20 points. But Ja, ja was hunting his shot early, couldn't get it. They, the Nuggets were playing amazing defense, cutting off the paint from his drives. We were trying to do our floaters. Floaters weren't popping. We couldn't get to the rim. Um, but we stayed with it. And we had a lead for the majority of the – for the first half. And then – then they kind of took over in the third. Michael Porter Jr. is really good. Will Barton is really good. I tried to look it up on basketball ref- on basketball reference. I want to know what Will averages against the Grizzlies in Memphis. Because he whenever he comes to Memphis, he always puts up numbers. He always because that's like this just what he does. And I I couldn't I didn't know what I was doing on basketball reference, so I couldn't find it. <laughs> but um but Will always plays well in the forum for whatever team he's on, always plays well. So it was it was just good to see as it was it's good to see this team be competitive against some of these teams who are going to be making deep playoff runs. Like you heal with the Bucks, you heal with uh the Nuggets, you know, the Lakers at one the Lakers or even though it was early in the season, we lost the game but you still were with them. It's good to see this team be able to compete and this is where we are now when we're not even supposed to be here right now. Yeah, and I think what makes it even more frustrating is that you in in our minds and in the team's minds, they easily could have beat the Bucks, easily could have had this game if you know they just tighten up a little bit. We shot 50% from three and they only shot 35%. It's tough to lose when you do that. But like you said, those turnovers, I thought there in the third quarter we had a rough stretch. Um Dylan specifically turned I know I can remember he turned it over twice in a row. Um, Ja got ripped by Will, uh, and much like Lester ripped the dude on UCF. And I just, I, I thought Jenkins waited a little late in the third quarter to sub. Like Dylan was obviously struggling and he was trying to make up for it by doing way too much. And you've got vi- viable options on the bench. You got Melton, Winslow, whoever else, you, Grayson, whoever else you want to put in there. Um, but I thought he just let that that unit run a little too long in the third quarter, and they just had nothing going at all. Like I understand leaving Valanciunas in to mirror the Joker, but I, when you got so many options on the wing and they're not giving you anything, like it's okay to sub them out. And then they come back in in the fourth quarter, like Dylan Brooks, and score eleven points in the fourth quarter and bring you back. But like the benefit of having all of this wing depth and depth in general is that if someone's not giving you Right, like right now, and I understand you're trying to stick to the rotations, but like that group clearly did not have it, and you needed. It was a half court battle. Ja couldn't get any calls. He couldn't get any open looks. No one could get any open looks. So why not toss that bench unit in and wreak a little havoc? You got your Dylan Brooks. You got your usual Dylan Brooks first quarter in the third quarter of this game, because uh, he came out there looking batshit crazy playing bashy crazy in the third quarter. Uh, so, you know, it, it just happened a little later than it usually happens. But you know what's going to happen every game. You just know what's going to happen every game. Um, yeah, I mean, in the third quarter, we were 3 of 11 in the paint. 
Uh, we have five turnovers. Luckily, we were four of seven from three, two of which came from Ja, and, and he had eight points, and one of them was the buzzer beater from half court right before right. The, uh, the end of the third quarter and capped off an 8-0 run and really brought us back in the game. I think it was a 81-77 in the Nuggets' favor going into the fourth. So thankfully, Ja hit those two, two threes or it would have been a lot uglier than it was. Defense was good. Held them to a couple of different shot clock violations. Yeah. Um, you know, like we were out, we were out there jumping in passing lanes, getting our hands on, on balls and, and doing everything. It was, it was good to see the kind of intensity that they played with. We just couldn't get anything going on the offensive end. And I mean, you can't help but notice you said Jamal Mervin one for 14. And like Jamal Mervin one for 14. Ja went whatever he had, like it just wasn't a good shooting game for Ja. Like when we're hoping for Ja to make threes, it's not good, you know. Um, I don't know, man. I would, I would love to see a series between these two teams. I think that this, I think that would be fun. Um, if you would have told me earlier when I looked at the schedule, I would have put this as a schedule loss, but you know, it happened that way. Something that we can. Build on. I think what was our what was our free we, we shot good from the free throw line. I think we made every free throw. Yeah, we I only yeah. got there eight times. Uh and the refs let us play let let the teams play. I mean, not a lot of fouls. And I think that's what kind of made this ugly game so enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was a physical basketball game, and they were just letting them play. Um, so no quibbles from me with the referees. And then I know I guess we can go ahead and get to the, the final play. Uh or in the fourth quarter, I thought both teams really started executing at an extremely high level. When the, when the Nuggets needed a bucket, they scored. When we needed a bucket, we were able to draw up plays, run them to perfection, and score, whether it was the lob to Brandon Clark from Ja, and then we run almost the same play, but Melton uh, fills in the space up at the top, boom, knocks down a three. I mean, him be- becoming a knockdown shooter is a game changer. Like, his confidence is off the charts. Like he, for him to like, he shot that shot. No hesitation, didn't even think about it. This should, this ball is coming to me, and it's going up. It went up and it went in. Uh, you talking about the execution that the Nuggets had? There was there was a play. There was a series of plays down the stretch where uh, Will got a three in the corner. Will got a three in the corner from a Jamal Murray drive. Jamal Murray mm-hmm. drove and kicked to Will in the corner for a three. Then. Uh, then we scored next play down. Jokic gets a walk up three, or uh, a, a reverse. Their uh, ball got reversed to him a three that way, so he hits a three. And then he does a little. He gets in the lane for a little tough jump hook. And that lefty, was, that yeah. was tough. And it was like, well, you know, what what do you do with that? There's nothing you can do with that. You played perfect defense, and he just made a better shot. And we were we were scoring down the stretch too. So it was it was it was really good to see, man. Like. Not to say I expected them to be intimidated, but they came out. They knew they weren't having their best game, but they still stuck with it and they still played hard. And they they were they put them they gave themselves a chance to win the game, and that's all you really want in this in this situation. Yeah, I, I think uh, they put Jokic back in right around the four minute mark, and from that point on, basically both teams executed to perfection. Except Ja got ripped actually by Jokic himself mm-hmm. uh, in, in mm-hmm. like, the, the mid range area. Which that was that's in and of itself, I guess, seven foot one behemoth of a man ripping Ja Morant. That was a surprise to me to see. And then um, when the Grizzlies needed to stop most, 
Uh, Brandon Clark came over from the help side, got a huge block on Jokic and put us in position to have a chance to win the game. So do you think it was a foul? Did John get fouled? Uh, I think maybe in the middle of the game that's a foul. I don't think that's a foul you call at the end of the game. Um, I, so I'm okay with that call. However, I think certain players get that call. And if that's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Jokic driving on Valanchunas, probably that's a foul. So, but I, I when I as soon as I saw it, I was like, ah, that's not a foul. And then when I watched the replay, I, I wouldn't call that to to end the game. I mean, like even somebody in Jaws own class, like Zion gets that foul, Trey Young gets that gets that foul. Um, and and Ja was getting increasingly frustrated with the refs. I mean, it's it's a it's a theme of the season. You can. You can hear him asking for fouls. He's very demonstrative. That's my word for these players today. They're very demonstrative when he doesn't get a call. Um, but tonight the ref messed up. Tonight, tonight, I think he wanted to call a foul, but something something went haywire in his head and he didn't blow the whistle because he raised his hand. Like I'm not that familiar with referee moves, but you don't raise your hand that way. If you're not calling the foul at that moment, and then it didn't just blow your whistle when Dylan runs into Jokic and say, "Oh, the foul's on him," but you already was you already was calling something before Dylan came up here, bro. So, uh, yeah, I, I understand the controversy. I'm also with you that I don't think it was really a foul. Um, I wouldn't have called that foul. I wouldn't have yeah. called that, especially because I mean, like, if he maybe I don't know if he makes it, I don't think I call it. But if he misses it, I don't think if he if he makes it, I don't give him an and one. But if he misses it, I give I might be able to give him one. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing. Usually when the refs put their hands up like that and don't make a fist, if when they're calling a foul, they they put a fist up immediately. uh, And that's the signal for a foul. He put his hand straight up. But usually when they do that in that situation, it's because they're waiting to see if it goes in or not. And then when it when he realizes he misses, he calls the foul and he didn't in this case. Some people have said, you know, maybe he was putting his hand up to indicate verticality. I I don't know. Um, But like I said, I probably wouldn't have called that foul. But it was just is a shitty way to end the game. Um, You know, the last loss we had was a buzzer beater. This one is not getting a call. Um, and it's just more of the same, especially when Ja wasn't getting calls all night and he had right. came, came off three games in a row where he gotten the most calls he's gotten all season. Well, so, that, yeah. And I was about to say, like, J.O. just talking about Ja. Was going, ja almost went to the referee and put his index finger in the referee's face. Ja was like, yo, dude, like, bro, like, he was – Ja was mad. He was mad, man, and it was, it, it was interesting. Like, I don't know what's going to have to happen. I mean, we've seen it for years. Mike didn't get those calls. Uh, and so, you know, we don't we don't know. Maybe it's, you know, if you're the point guard for the Memphis Grizzlies, you got to get used to not getting those calls. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, maybe if Ja becomes a bigger superstar, he, he he ends up starting to get those. But I'm not I'm not all entirely too mad about them not calling that. I'm yeah, and it was a, a great play call too to get your get your best player the ball. He wasn't taking it out of bounds this time, uh, so I think we learned a lesson from uh, that situation. He got got him in scoring range right there at the high post, 
he had a chance. He could have floated it. He could have done a multitude of things, and he made his move and had a good look. Honestly, even with the foul, that's a shot you you expect him to get an and one on, and nine times, eight times out of ten, probably. Do you think I've noticed it's like I've noticed it all season, but I just came out like Dylan takes not only does Dylan take the worst shots, but he takes the most difficult shots. And like he takes shots where he has to contort his body to get the shot off. I'm like, bro, like, why are you taking these shots? It was one shot he took, and I'm like, okay, it went in. But it was like, there's no way you should have took that shot. I'm like, you it gotta, did what? It did what? It went in. It went <laughs> in. You can't, hey, right. You can't, you can't hate it when it go in. But like, bro, that shit don't go in. I'm talking bad about you. Um, bro, I mean, Dylan don't care. Talk bad about midfuels and look what he did to his countrymen tonight. No mercy on him. One of 13, three points, whatever it was. He's done it to Bradley Bill. The Dylan hate has got to stop. The Dylan hate has got to stop. He brings I'm, too I'm much not, to this I, team. This and I know, awesome. I know it's, it's, you're not like full of vitriol, but there are a lot of people who still are. And I just don't understand it. Like what this guy brings to the team will be searching for if we didn't have it i just want me to get a real haircut yeah i mean he's, he's got some weird quirks you know he's canadian i just want to get a weird haircut eh? hey hey <laughs> he's got got the little strange haircut says some weird stuff just you know a, a really misaligned personality <laughs> Mis- and, <laughs> but he's our misaligned personality but he is our misaligned personality so we, uh, yeah, like JL said, he's not scared. Like, he is the one that is like going head first in, like, not asking any questions. Like, all right, y'all, we're going in this room. Let's go. This is what we're doing. <laughs> and I mean, like, we, we talked about it before. He's the head of the uh, defensive triumvirate. He's going to be on the best, he's going to be on the opposing team's best player. And he's, he's done it the last four or five games. Um, honestly, at, at yeah. this point, he's got to be starting to get talked about for getting some votes for the all defensive, at least second team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you on that. I don't disagree with you on that. Uh, let's hit these superlatives, bro. Who is your player of the game? Man, I got to go Jokic. Uh, it was just fun to watch him kind of masterful, masterfully control that game and turn it into a half-court battle. So the Grizzlies who lead the league in fast break points and getting out running, there was none of that for us this game. We scored seven fast break points. They had 23. And it was largely because of his ability to just control the pace of the game. And as a center, like that is, is so, it's still wild to see. You, you watch it in the bubble last year, but Murray was doing so much last year, you know, scoring 30, 50, whatever. Th- this year, he's not doing it as much, although he did have that great stretch right before the break, as I mentioned earlier. But to, to see Jokic just single handedly basically win that game, give Michael Porter Jr. open shots. Uh, and Will Barton open shots to help him carry the team. Uh, that was that was that was a nice performance. So shout out to the Joker. Who you got? I like Jokic. I'm gonna give it to Brandon Clark. Twenty and four <laughs> off the bench. Um, I forgot how many minutes he played, but uh, yeah, I mean he came on the bench smoking in the first quarter. He, if Brandon Clark's playing like that, I don't know what they're gonna do with Kyle. And it, you could see, you can like. I noticed Kyle's body language. Kyle's body language wasn't fully there tonight. Um, and I don't know if whatever it was, but I didn't I didn't feel a very Is that speculation? Is that speculation? I didn't, I, 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 didn't, <laughs> I didn't feel a very good vibe from Kyle tonight. Cause he, I mean, first person to come out the game, he was. Uh Taylor took him out at the first, like what did it take him out at uh about six minutes 
and brought Brandon in. And then Brandon went off, and you know, and, and Kyle didn't really get back into the to the game until midway through the second quarter, uh, which probably doesn't happen if Brandon isn't going off the way he is. But still, so anyway, Brandon Clark is my player of the game. Uh, yeah, and, and just on Kyle, I feel like he's kind of struggled a little bit these last few games too. Yeah. Um, and he used to come out early so he could be that main ball handler with the second unit or like provide some extra playmaking. But now with Justice, I don't know. It, it, Jenkins said today he's still like taking in all the information about ha- having the full rotations available, who plays well together. So I think he's still adjusting with the lineup. But um, what about plus next play of the game? Uh, yeah, do play of the game. I'm going to do. I think I have. I think I have a few uh, play of the game nominee. I wish I could raise my handwriting. <laughs> Justice pass to Clark and one first quarter fast break. <laughs> I, I, don't, I can't even remember what that is. I do the same thing. I'm like, what play was that? I oh, no I know idea. what my play. Is. My play of the game is Jaws buzzer beating three in the third quarter. There you go. That's that's the yeah. that that usually, it cut it like. Denver started to pull away. They end up cutting the lead uh, to four in the end of the quarter, eighty-one to seventy-seven, and put us in position to be where we were. So that's my that's my play of the game. All right, I got a few that I feel like I got to mention. One was uh, Jamal Murray's behind the back pass to Jokic for a layup, and it looked like it was going to get stolen. He threw it from the wing. It was like the most random spot to throw a behind the back pass from, but it was perfect and resulted in two points. Then I got. The DeAnthony Melton three out of the timeout following the Brandon Clark lob. I just thought the execution on that play was nice. And then the Brandon Clark block uh, on Jokic to give us a chance to win the game. So a lot of good plays in this game. Like you said, it was a fun one, but we lost. My bum of the game, Leroy Jenkins. (laughs) <laughs> Whatever that referee's name was, I, I, know, I know that's not his name, but I don't know why that just popped in my head. His name is Randy Mott. Randy he, Mott. He's my bum of the game, too. You should, <laughs> like, it's like, a ref right. named Leroy, right? It's, it, it's, yeah, I'm sure there is. There's got to be an old black man named Leroy running around in a referee shirt. Uh, but not every – like, every player was on his head the whole game. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you for him as the bum of the game, like – Although I understand why you didn't call it, I'm also like, bro, blow your whistle. Don't, don't, don't if be confident in the call that you're making. And then we go, you know, whatever. If you're gonna call whatever, there you go. So uh, Randy Mott is uh both of our bum of the game. Yeah, Leroy Richardson is the NBA official I was thinking of. So it wasn't that far off, but call him Jenkins. He could he be he could be a Jenkins. All right, man. Did uh did you win any money on the Grizzlies? Do we have a stats based bet tonight? We have a stats based bet, and the funny thing is, one of my boys sent me a uh, a text this morning. It was like, "Yo, I know you messed with the Grizzlies, but uh, you need to go ahead and bet Nuggets plus. I mean, Nuggets minus three. And I was like, "Yeah, you know what? It's probably a smart bet. Thank God I didn't do that one too, because I would have lost money then. But I also lost money on my stats based bet, which is." The usual. Uh, but we can we can we can get into what I did because, as you know, I have to explain it. And once you hear my explanation, it always makes sense. So it never uh, makes sense. <laughs> it always it, it makes sense, but it never it never happens. All right, it makes uh, sense, but it never makes dollars. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, so I had Kyle Anderson scoring over eleven and a half points. No, he did not. 
struggling, man. Struggling. We know like you're gonna Kyle, have to go away from that one. You're gonna have to go away from that one for a it's while. It's just the second game, which I which like I said though, with this with the roster coming the way it is and seeing how Taylor's playing, guys, he's not gonna get the opportunities. He's not gonna he's gonna get the minutes, but is he gonna get the opportunities? Well, you mentioned the body language. Like, I I, yeah. I can't see someone and, and think they have bad body language and then continue to bet on them. And even and, tonight, tonight he only took five shots. Like, he played 18 minutes and took five shots. So if this bet were to come true and he took five shots, you had to go basically go five for five. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, so, yeah, I had him for over 11 and a half points. He didn't get it. Had him for over four rebounds. He did get the rebound. So I might just, I might just strictly – Leave him up to rebounds. Um, hey, Jonas over 13 points. He got that. Um, Jonas over eight and a half rebounds. He got that. Dylan over 12 points. He got that. Michael Porter Jr. over 13, 13 points. He got that. Jamal Murray over four assists. He got that. John Morant over 15 points. He got that. But I had Jamal Murray scoring 20 points because Jamal. Because he usually scores 20 points. But he scored 30 his last 11 games. <laughs> and he comes in and scores three, like one for 14. So, you know, there you go. Um, so, yeah, that's that was it. And we'll, we played the Thunder on Sunday. We're back at it again. We're going to figure something out. You know, I'll, I'll find the right combination. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give me a combination where make, that I know will make me some money because I'm like doing. Bigger thing, I'm probably doing some, some smaller bets. You no, know, maybe just do like a uh, Jonas getting this and that. Who knows? I'm gonna change change it up a little bit. Okay, well, excited to hear what you have. What you college, have in store? College basketball made me some, some a good amount today, so that's that's all that matters. Got you some fun money. Well, uh, speaking of college basketball, we'll be back tomorrow after the Tigers game, probably around seven seven fifteen, somewhere right around there. And then, uh, yeah, and, and that's that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Maze, but since we about to end it, let them let the people know where they can find you. Ah, that's what I was trying to get to. Y'all can find me on Twitter at Barnburner Slim. Y'all can find the show in podcast format wherever you get your podcast. Uh, iTunes, Spotify. Just look up All Memphis Post Game. Search for us. Give us a review. Leave us five stars. Subscribe. Uh, and like Jo said. Print the shirts. Go Tigers, baby. Jamal, where can they find you? Boy, y'all go and buy them printed up shirts. Uh, go follow me on Twitter at Nerdy McFly. Follow the show on Facebook at The Kickback Pod. Um, subscribe to us on YouTube at The Diamond in the Bluff Media. Like May said, we are on all streaming, all, all streaming platforms for uh, the audio podcast. My computer's about to die tonight, and I left my charger at work, so I don't know if I'll be able to upload this one tonight, but I'll upload it tomorrow. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, with that being said, uh, and, J- and, J- and thank good looking out to J.O. J.O. always gives us great comments while he's watching at 12.35 a.m. on Friday night. Um, like, with that being said, uh, I am Jamal. That is Mace, and we are out. Happy birthday to Justin. Big Slim! <laughs>